welcome to Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. I am your host, Gary Howard, and hopefully y'all's day is going better than mine. I was on my way to my customer this morning, and I had parked at the um, Pony Express Travel Center in Marshall, Texas, which I'll get into about if you're a truck driver, your car you might be fine, but truck driver, I would just go ahead and avoid this place at all costs, but I'll get into that. But yeah, I woke up this morning to get my coffee, but I found out the place is closed, so I drove down the road some and pulled into this place, and right in the middle of the entryway, the driveway, there's still a big pole sticking out. So guess who has two flat tires now? Me. And um, guess who's not going to make their appointment at Sam's in Dayton, Texas? Me. Guess who's going to be late getting home? Me, but I'll be home, so... But they're on their way to fix my tires right now. This is one of my Monday shorts. I'm hoping to do some Mondays. Like I said, I'm, with my busy schedule, I do have times putting it on the regular schedule. But I'm really working hard to do that. I'm going to try to do every two weeks for my full episodes on Wednesday. Even though my last episode was kind of short, about 45. But there's really, you know, I could bore you with all kinds of more crazy details. But that was just pretty much the meat and potatoes of it all. But these Mondays is going to be kind of like a short. And I try to go on live on YouTube. But on YouTube, you have to have a thousand subscribers before you can go live on your mobile device. Which I think is bullshit. But, so, until I get a thousand subscribers on YouTube, Truck Stop Murder True Crime, I guess I will be going on Instagram. If you... If you have an Instagram account, you can follow me at Truck Stop Murder and True Crime. And I go on Saturdays. I'm going to start going live at noon, at noon, unless, you know, permitting that I can. So, here you go. This is the one I did last. If you saw any of the videos that I posted on Instagram. Now, I do share them on my Facebook page as well. Now, if you like what you hear, please share on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Just Or just tell friends. You know, eventually I'll get to iTunes. But right now, let's just share this thing if you want to help me build this project to something big. But, yep, back to the Pony Express. I don't know why. I just, the reason why, normally I avoid this place is probably the worst truck stop that I've seen in the whole United States. Pony Express Travel Center in Marshall, Texas on exit 2217. Exit 217, like down the road. 279 is few. It says it has 40 parking spots, but there's way more than that. But it's also looks like a war zone. Really, just craters all over the place, bumps, and just random obstacles all over the place. And you got to be really careful because there's also a lot of areas where it's just mud pits. And, you know, there's pictures. If you go to the, all this information is from Trucker's Path, where you could just lose your tires in them. That's how bad this place is. The only thing I've seen, I'll get into reviews, is there's um Indian restaurant there that I has the 4.5 rating. It's got to be better than the first time I've been here. They had a little diner where I ordered a club sandwich, and a woman just hunked off a big chunk of ham, big half of a tomato, and a slice of lettuce, and put it on bread, which by the time I got it was soggy, and they called that a club sandwich. Ridiculous. But yeah, here we go. If you eat, If you find yourself there... Taste of India restaurant and this pump and pantry, which is down the road. They have a little bit of food here. This is where I'm actually at right now, but it's not a truck stop. I was pulling into, but there's truck parking. 
And when I did get a flat tire, I went in there to talk about them, and they said, that's not our property. Nothing I could do. Oh, well, there's also a McDonald's within a quarter mile and IHOP. That's all within a quarter mile of this place. Now, let's go to reviews. And I'm tell you what, most part, I say people, most part, a lot of these reviews, I see people are crying, but these are actual, I'm, I was just there last night, and, and I've been there before, and I do avoid this place like the plague, and the worst, but let's see, Air Force One, that's his name, says, not sure where they get 40 spaces, more like five, if that, which is true, that means it's a big parking lot, but there's only a few places you could park because it's so bad, okay, another guy, Jesse Moreno, okay, I know I gave a previous review, but after being here several days, stuck because of the winter storm of February 2021, I'm spending another review. Food is great, see, food's great. Spicy, I like spicy food. Not too many things on the shelves, but they have the necessities that you need, which is true, the shelves, but yeah, I mean, they do have beer there, but their selection is far and few. Another two-star review. Avoid this place at all costs. Absolutely the shittiest, shittiest place ever. And that is far from exaggeration. Amen to that, brother. He's right. Lugnut says, Real dump. The parking lot is a minefield and is a full of trash. Old mattresses, tires, garbage. The bathroom is gross. I wouldn't even wash my hands. No soap, no toilet paper. Filthy. The people are rude. Well, with that being said, the people was nice when I went in there. I didn't go in the bathroom, so I can't comment on that. But the parking lot is on point. One star review because the place, let me see, one star because it's a place to park. Drive slow, coming through here. Watch where you drive. Some areas are muddy and prone to getting stuck. Like I said, this guy gave a four star review. Parking is a dirt lot, nothing fancy. Stores decent, restaurant, oh my god. If you like spicy food, then this is the place to eat food. One star review. Huge dirt mud lot. My dumb ass got stuck last night. Had to be pulled out. This whole lot is a nightmare. You could take the chances with it, but I would definitely won't go back. Another one star. Reverse truck stop I've ever seen in my four years of trucking. The night catcher is crazy and massive craters. The night catcher is crazy messed you up. And I'll do a couple more. Open 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah, so that's why I wasn't able to get coffee this morning. I found myself here with two flat tires. But one more. One of the dirtiest truck stops and restrooms. Plus, they will cheat you out on fuel. They will charge you differently by what is being posted. Beware, truckers. Yep. And like I said, normally I say people are whining and complaining about things, but have you seen the majority of them are talking about the the parking lot which the parking lot is i think the only place i've been to that might be worse is up in i think it's um marion arkansas which is a pretty bad but nowhere like this there's as soon as you come off of 40 or 40 and 55 meet in west memphis and you go north on 55 there's a truck stop right on the east side pretty much right when you pass that rest area i mean truck parking area now that place is pretty bad they have a lot of craters but you can get around it kind of okay this place right here it is a nightmare to park 
And like I said, the only reason why I stopped there yesterday because I know I had to deliver tomorrow morning. I wanted to max out my clock, and that's just where I could park. But anyhow, like I said, this is the short I did on my Instagram page, and I shared it on my Facebook. But Dean Coral, like I said, if you want, and I said it then, if you want more information about this, head on over to Time Suck with Dan Cummings. He did a pretty in-depth, you know, more about it than I'm about to cover. I'm just doing a little short. But episode 101, The Candyman Killer, Houston's Nightmare. He goes over more detailed. I'll go over some, but like I said, this is my short. I might cover it, but I don't think I'll cover the full. I think this is probably pretty much it. But let's talk about Dean Coral. Dean Arnold Coral Coral was born December 24, 1939, was an American serial killer, serial killer was who abducted, raped, tortured, and murdered at least 28 teenagers, boys, and young men between 1970 and 1973 in Houston. He was aided by two teenagers accomplices, David Ohm Brooks and Elmer Wayne Henley. The crimes became known as the Houston Mass Murders, came too lightly after Henley, wait, what was it? came too light after Henley finally came to it. Well, I'm not going to go there. Let's just go to the story. I'm, not, I'm giving ahead of myself. I'm telling you, and you stop listening at the beginning. But pretty much he grew up, and when he was a teenager, he learned that he was a homosexual. And, of course, his mom did not agree with that. They had opened a candy shop, so what he would do is kind of lure kids with candy. He was also known as the Pie Piper. But during this time, yeah, like I said, he did a lot of killings. But how did Dean Coral get away with his crimes as long as he did? Was it simple for him just to fall through the cracks for as long as he did? Not like today, everyone was not as leery as the predator as they are today. No one thought about anything of a guy offering kids rides home or offering them candy. Some folks did, did things something strange about this but in the 1960s Houston it was not out of the norm and just was blended in and keep in mind a lot of times these kids they would just reported when they reported missing that the police would just kind of ignore it and say they're just a runaway they'll tag it down another boy ran away and this would continue on until future events so when Dean was 27 he met 12 year old David Brooke and the two became close friends, and no one thought anything wrong of this. And of course, he was a loner. His parents was, you know, divorced all, the, you know, separating at time. So he was looking for something, you know, in a, like a father figure. But things was not as they seemed. David saw Dean as a father figure, a friend that he could go to for companionship, money, or just a place to stay when he to, needed. But Dean wanted more, and more was in a sexual way. He wanted sex from this boy, but not one to lose the only friend he had at the time and lose any hope what he thought was a stable life. He went ahead and gave him. When David's parents divorced, David spent half the time in Beaumont and half the time with split parents, but always came back to visit Dean and one of these times he visited unannounced, found Dean and selling two young boys that he had strapped up to his bed. I also heard that these two boys were strapped up to like a torture board that he had created, like a piece of plywood. 
that he put two holes in where they'll tie the arms and hands in and feet. When Dean saw Davis, he yelled at him, what are you doing here? Of course, David just turned around. He did one of those U-turns. David just turned around and walked away. Later, Dean told him that he was involved in making of gay porn and that the two that he saw went back to California. California. But later, because how close he felt to David, how much, of course, also how much control he felt he had over him, he told him the truth, stating he raped and killed the two boys and buried them in his boat storage unit. So, instead of bad issues, he saw this as an opportunity, bad issue, you know, with a witness. He saw this as an opportunity, so he bought David a green Corvette and offered him $200 for every boy he bought and brought in. That's over $1,200 in today's money, a lot of money. And because out of fear, probably of being a victim himself, he agreed. They would offer young men, or let's say kids, a ride in their car, either be the vet or Dean's white van, with hopes of a good time with drugs and alcohol. They would take him back to Dean's place and bind them using his bed or, like I said, a piece of two-inch plywood that they cut holes in to bind their limbs. And then they will torture, rape them, often for days, showing no mercy before murdering them. And the more they liked them, more Dean liked them, the more he would keep them alive around get rid of the bodies and went looking for more to feed their sick appetite but mainly Dean I believe David was just in fear of not doing anything he would bring which is just as guilty I'm not taking nothing away from you know guilt away from him but we don't know if it was fear let's keep in mind remember he was also a 12 year old boy you know very influential I can't say that you know but you hear you know but the methods that he did torture these kids was the methods were biting off genitals, which one time you know, and putting glass rods in the urethra and breaking it, and in their life by shooting them in different places on the body, not to kill them but to let them bleed out. But mainly, he liked to strangle them to be able to watch their life leave them. It gave him power. So one of the guys he he brought in. To Dean as the David that brought into Dean as the victim, within within seven murders, there were seven murders into this. Well, I don't know why I'm having trouble talking. I'm frustrated. It's not even a long day. As soon as I started my day, I blew the tires. <laughs> it was Elmer Wayne Henley. I'm gonna call him Elmer. A lot of people call him Wayne, but fuck this asshole. I'm gonna call him Elmer. But Dean really liked this guy and decided to expand his operation, offering him the same thing. He didn't buy him a vet, but he offered him $200 per kid by first saying it was for gay pornography, but were later start asking for kids as well. But like David, he followed suit. Even after the murder started, the three continued the line of sales for the next two years, leading up to over two dozen murders in the Houston, Pasadena area. Now, during this time, he would actually, Elmer would actually participate in it. And I really don't think, I'll get into it later, that David Brooks was really not, I think he was just there for the ride and for the money and also for the companionship. Nothing, you know, but Elmer on the other hand, I think he, he stayed, he's the one, well, let's get into it then. On Until the night of August 8th, 1973, Elmer brought home Timothy Curley and Rhonda Williams, a woman. This was not like the other times. Just was going to a party, 
But after you know, Dean was not happy with that. He pulled him aside, you know, pulled Elmer aside and was like, "What the hell, dude?" You know, I could hear the conversation go. What the hell, dude? A woman? I told you this is. How can you have a sausage fetch when you're bringing a sushi bar over? Now, come on. No, no pussy. Only clean weans. Dirty weans or whatever. But anyhow, after finally, he finally calmed them down and they continued partying. What now? Huffing gas, smoking weed, drinking. But after a while, they all passed out. And, you know, including huffing pain. Like I said, Elmer woke up to find himself handcuffed with the other two handcuffed as well. And Dean said, fine, you know, you want to bring over women? So he said, I want to rape you. you I'll rape Timmy. He undid the handcuffs. He says, I'm going to go ahead and rape Timmy while you go ahead and rape Rhonda. And kill them and dispose of the body as normal. But this time, it did not go as normal. Once he got handcuffed, so they finished trying, you know, tying. Dean started the sexual assault. Timothy, Dean got all naked. And started selling Timothy, but instead, this time, Elmer grabbed the twenty-two caliber and pointed at Dean and told him, You've gone too far, Dean. At this point, he stopped his Selton Brian, mainly continued saying, I can't do this any longer. I can't have you kill all my friends. And no one really knows why he, you know, Elmer snapped that one day. But, yeah, while Dean's butt-necked everything, instead of raping, like I said, Rhonda, he snuck the gun from Dean, which he put down. And pointed him up, not believing that he was going to shoot him. And naked Dean, while walking towards him, taunted him the whole way, saying, Kill me, Dean, kill me, kill me, kill me. Also, saying that he wouldn't do it. But he did shoot him. He did shot him six times in a torso, and a naked Dean Coral fell in the hallway, dead. Instead of leaving the scene, the two guests he brought over convinced him to call the police. When police were, were, were arrived, he quickly quickly confessed to all the murders he was involved in and the locations of the remains. He also implicated old David Brooks in it, which was not there at the time, which I think maybe he could have left him out. I think David Brooks would not have followed suit. Once Dean died, I think, it, you know, this is my opinion, I think it would have been, he would have parted ways and probably went back with his parents and, but who knows? But still, he's still guilty. He still needs to be punished. The, the information Elmer gave them was able to find so many bodies and finally had to stop looking because of the embarrassment of the... You know, they continued looking, but the embarrassment will happen as long as it did and numbers was so high being the highest at times of mass murders. And like I said, then they started looking at some of these names and saw they started identifying the bodies. And saw that every single one of these, pretty much all these bodies, was also considered a runaway. That the Houston police officer in the department kind of just ignored and avoided talking about a runaway. But they were actually missing. So, we will never know how many fell to Dean and his two minions. But 28 was reported, 27 identified, but many of the murders in Houston was thought to be done by Dean. But since he was killed, we will never know the magnitude of what he did. Of course, Dean did not live to pay for these crimes, but David and Elmer both were sentenced to life in prison, where they still are today, in their 60s, trying to get parole. So there's my short on Dean Coral, the candy man of Houston, the Houston mass murder. And I already had somebody tell me that these were some sick fuckers on social media, which they are. You know, this is crazy that this happened. This is while the time, 
that my you know my wife's from Houston, so she wasn't born when this happened, but she has an uncle, which eventually I will cover Dennis Douthat. So this hell, he could have been you know responsible for some of these burners. I don't know, but anyhow, if you like what you heard today, well, not heard what you, but the story that I told you, go ahead and rate and review on iTunes. But mainly, I would love for you to just share me on social media, tell friends, share people. Tell people about this podcast. Let this thing grow. Also, I have a YouTube channel at Truck.Murder and True Crime. Facebook channel, Truck.Murder and True Crime Podcast. Instagram, which I told you I'm going to try to go live every Saturday at noon. And it's Truck.Murder and True Crime. Twitter at Truck Murder. And I have a Patreon and a PayPal, both at Truck.Murder. Well, Truck.Murder for my Patreon and Gmail is Truck.Murder at gmail.com and that's also my paypal so if you want to help me or buy me a cup of coffee it's buymeacupofcoffee.com at truckstopmurder that would be amazing and with that that's my short for monday and i'm on my way home hopefully soon get these two tires fixed see what happens i know sam's is alive on loan and they're pretty anal about their appointment times well we'll see and as always, you can't fix stupid, like I say, but you sure can numb it with a 2x4. I am out of here. Huh?